Hello there, and welcome to Uptime with Data Center Knowledge, the podcast that brings you the news and views from the global data center industry. My name is Max Smolax, Senior Editor at Data Center Knowledge, and today we're going to talk about the skills crisis facing the world of digital infrastructure. To discuss the subject in depth, I'm pleased to welcome Nabil Mahmoud. Uh, Nabil is an experienced IT executive, keynote speaker, and one of the hosts of the Nomad Futurist podcast. So you could say competition in a sense. Uh, welcome to the show, Nabil. Well, thank you for having me, Max. It's uh, it's a pleasure and it's not a competition at all. I mean, we we cover different elements basically in our podcast. Yes, yes, yes. And then and they say that a rising tide lifts all boats. So, you know, like more podcasts about digital infrastructure, the better, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. The more awareness we can create, it's better for the younger generation. Yes, and, and, and first, um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, how and why did you become a futurist and, and, and how did you start producing a podcast? Oh my gosh, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet. So basically, I've been in the information technology industry for about 20 years, started my career actually on the application layer, developing uh, applications, biometric and retina scanning and security uh, with ERP system integration, manufacturing, discrete manufacturing primarily. Uh, purely accidentally got involved in the data center business. It was not something that I had my cards uh, growing up. Uh, fell in love with it. Uh, and the reason for that is basically the culture, the type of people that we've got in the data center industry, uh, you know, from an electrical, mechanical structure, architectural perspective, uh, they're very passionate. They bring a lot of value uh, and very personal. It's uh, the largest, smallest industry, in my opinion. We get to know everybody. We make friends, and these are lifetime friendships. So that was actually one of the core reasons why I ended up in the data center industry. And as I started getting deeper into that space, I realized there's a lot of silos from the DevOps guys to the guys that are actually designing, building these critical infrastructure, and we are supporting the growth of the digital transformation and adoption of the industry. There's a lot of gaps. And uh, over the years, I extended my reach into different uh, parts of the industry. So, you know, from software layer to crypto and blockchain to banking to legal to real estate to design build. So I've been very fortunate over the last 22 years to have had the opportunity to touch pretty much every single piece of computing and the foundation of it. But at the heart of it, I am very passionate about the physical layer, and that is the data center. That's the backbone. That's the foundation of everything that's happening in this digital world today. Mm-hmm. And um, these are... These are great jobs. I mean, I mean, l- l- let's be honest. These are high-paying jobs, right? But over the past, you know, like three, four, five years, the number of, of people who who can do these jobs, you know, like the, the the critical infrastructure jobs, is is going down. And conversely, salaries are going up. So why is there a, a skills crisis? And and in your opinion, how serious is the problem? So you you know, like you walk the data halls, you've talked to people, you know, like is it as serious as the analysts are telling us? You know, like when when you're trying to equip a data center and run a data center, you know, like are you going to run into staffing issues? Absolutely. It's actually worse than what the analyst is telling us. Uh, and analysts uh, have, have a tendency of actually keeping it in the gray area is what I call it. So, so we don't create that level of panic, but in reality, it's really worse. So what has happened, especially in the last two years, is that there's been this significant adoption of digital technology. I mean, with COVID-19 coming into play, we actually had to send everybody back home, yet we had to keep our lives going. And uh, if it wasn't for the core foundation that we as technologists had put forth, you know, 10 years ago and, and, and you know, thought through the elements of scalability, uh, this would be a catastrophe right now. 
the gap that you, you're talking about is actually significantly large because now there's more adoption of technology. Everybody wants information and they want information at their fingertips and they want it now, right? And they want the entire experience to be now. So I'll give you an example that voice over IP, mm-hmm. right? It was, you know, a, a pipe dream. Uh, we will have it eventually, okay? And whereas now today, you can be anywhere in the world and you can connect with anybody using VoIP. Companies did not really you know, buy into that whole idea prior to COVID-19. There was a significant gap. So, I mean, examples of Zoom, Microsoft Teams, I mean, these collaborative platforms and um, communication platforms were fancy. You know, we don't need it. We've got people in the office. They can actually stand by the water tower and have a conversation. They can go into a conference room, whereas now they can be anywhere in the world. Right. So there has been the significant adoption of technology. And the challenge that comes with it is that it's still the same number of people that existed two years ago, that existed five years ago, or that existed 10 years ago in this space that have been supporting this infrastructure. And it's not it's not exciting enough. We have not created enough appeal for the younger generation to come in and scale it up. So that's where the gap is. And when I based on, on, on my standing and my position. When I look at things, um, we are scaling significantly at a very higher rate. So there's more people using it. There are more people that are connected. There's more technology integrations. There are more applications that are coming in, but we've got the same set of people and we don't have enough talent pool or uh, resources that are coming into our space. So that's where the gap comes into play. Where is the problem? Is this is this education? Is this that there's not enough awareness? Is this you you know like are the salaries still too low to attract the necessary talent, or are we just gradually like we're just using like these STEM skills which are essential to do this kind of you know like these kind of jobs and this kind of engineering? So where do you see the core of the problem? You know, like when you look at just like I can't hire hire the stuff I need. You know, like this is where it originates. Well, salaries is not a problem in the space that we are in. I mean, we are actually seeing that the industry that we are in is actually one of the highest salary industry. It's the highest paid industry to be in. I mean, uh, our folks in our space with any special skills are actually making more money than the doctors and attorneys. Yep. The challenge is lack of exposure. The challenge is the lack of interest. The challenge is not knowing the reason why to get into the space. The, the challenge is lack of awareness. You know, all of us have gotten into this space purely by an accident. Yes. We did not go to school to be in the data center business. Even today, when you look at the educational system, we have not had any change since the second industrial revolution. We are still talking about discrete manufacturing. We're not talking about data. We're not talking about computing. We're not talking about industry 4.0, but we are talking about being a Star Wars genius you know, and you get a bachelor's or a master's degree knowing Star Wars. Um, so I think we, we have lacked as a society, as an industry to educate the younger generation. And we have not created enough awareness. We are just delivering what the industry demands or what the consumer demand. And we are not enticing the younger generation to come into space. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I look at it uh, whereby, you know, a grandma sitting in New York City is going to talk about, you know, the, the grandchild to become a scientist or a grandchild to become a doctor or attorney or a real estate broker. 
she's not going to talk about at a dinner table, hey, you need to be a data scientist or you need to be an electrical engineer working in the data center space or you need to be a real estate guy that does you know, acquisitions or uh, puts out new facilities, right? Or you need to be the guy that goes out and negotiates the power purchase agreements. That's not a conversation that's happening at the dinner table. And that's because of lack of awareness that there is this largest industry that does not exist in 99% of the population across the globe. Yes, absolutely. But okay, okay. So that's that's people who don't know data centers. But let's 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 shift the focus to the industry itself. Do you think in the community, you know, like not enough people are doing this outreach work? Yeah. So I think the challenge is that we have got so much work that we've got this tunnel vision that we all what we think about is taking care of the the issue on hand. There's so much build that's happening right now that you know I wouldn't call it that we've got blinders, but we've got so much work that we can't even deliver as it stands today for what the demand is. So no other tasks can be taken. Uh-huh. So that's, that's the challenge. I mean, you know, there's backlogs that are in access of two years right now. I mean, we are keeping, just, just to keep things connected, uh, that's, that's, that's two people's job. I mean, uh, we, we, we can't get out of that. Uh, the, the core focus is to make sure that connectivity exists, right? So... Uh, I, I don't think that it's the people. I think we don't have enough time. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, everybody that I know that I've connected over the years, they all want to help. They all want to grow this industry. They all want to contribute. And they want to be able to pass the baton on to the next generation. They just don't have time. Okay. So... Um, do we need more community organizations? And, you know, like, so for example, at Informa, we have the AFCOM, you know, like the, 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 the Day Center Professional Association. And it's just like, there's there's many other communities. Do you think we just need more of this? You know, like we need we need to connect, not just for business, but for actual, you know, you know like building the industry. Well, we need to find a way to encourage the younger generation, expose this to the younger generation. We need to, you know, get in schools. We need to have a community outreach. Uh, for the younger kids. Uh, we need to start early. We need to give ki- kids the reason um, to to look into this as a potential opportunity. So, you know, an example is like growing up as a kid, my dad was a businessman. Guess what? I'm a businessman today, right? It's exposure experiences and connecting points. So with kids today, you know, they, every kid has got a laptop, every kid's got an iPad or some sort of a mobile device. They're all connected in some way, form or shape. But do they know the reason how it works, why it works, why it was created? No. Can we, as technologists, give them that exposure and an opportunity? Yes. And I think, you know, leveraging technology, enabling them to think why it exists, what purpose it's serving, and how it's done. You know, I would throw it out on your podcast that let's go out, find a reason why we search on Google versus anything else and how much carbon emission that there is on every single search, mm-hmm. right? So we need to think differently. We need to get into different mediums whereby we encourage the younger generation to find the reasons for all of this behind uh, and what's the core of it. And of course, Informa and data center knowledge uh, and data center world are great platforms, but what we attract and who we attract are people that are in the industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We need yeah. to find reasons for other, you know, other communities to come into our space. We need to find a reason to encourage, you know, kids in college um, or even school programs to to participate in some way, form, or shape. 
So it's about creating awareness, and uh, you know that community outreach um, is it's critical, and it's uh, potentially even you know think about trade schools, um, give kids an opportunity to learn uh, a skill set, and this is really a skill set. It's kind of like you know, in, in in my opinion, we used to have blacksmith. You used to actually have a trade school to be a blacksmith. You you, you had a trade school to be a mechanic. Whatever happened to that? It disappeared since the second industrial revolution, right? Now, computing data center is going to bring that back. We, we need to go back to trade schools. We need to give kids you know, something to look forward and look up to. Absolutely, yes. Um, and, and, and obviously the problem here is even if you started, you know, like doing this outreach work and, you know, like inspiring the kids, it's going to take, you know, like five, 10 years before they actually reach the workplace. Um, do you think, because at the moment there's a very interesting time in employment, do you think, they, they, they call it the great resignation. Do you think some of those people, some of that wave, which is like resigning their boring office jobs, do you think they might look at the data center and find it attractive because it's something new, something they've never heard about before. These are interesting engineering jobs, and they're not that hard. They're, you, you, you know, like there's structure, there's manuals, there's other people that are going to tell you what to do. So do you think that, 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 that maybe we can, we can capture some of those guys, you know, like who are tired of the office and give them a good engineering job? Absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing that's holding them back is them. That's the fear factor that they don't know it's a different industry and it's complicated. I mean, we as an industry, we, we are growing so dramatically and uh, there, there's an extreme level of complexity. That's probably what scares people. So if you can get past that, you know, and, and knowing that everybody in this industry is willing to help and teach and train, um, yeah, I mean, those are valuable resources. As a matter of fact, I had this conversation earlier today about the great resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's an improvement in, uh, in lifestyle. People are understanding what their self-worth is. People are understanding that they can actually be doing something better and contribute back to the society. They just have to be a little bit open and be open to learning and uh, you know, find what their passion is. Uh, this is. This is, I think, the opportunity era versus the resignation era is the way I look at it. All right. So if, if one of our listeners, let's say, let's say we, we, we've lacked out and, and they're on the fence, right? They've heard about data sensors. They've heard what you just said. And, and just like, how would you entice them? What would be like maybe maybe two or three things you would say? What makes data center jobs good jobs? So when we look at the industries and verticals, if you, if you look, uh, you know, where we were 10, 15 years ago, the commodities that were being traded were oil and gas and minerals. What is on the stock exchange now. Top 10 companies that are publicly traded, what are they? They're, every single company is data-driven from Alphabet to Metaverse, right? We are in the data rush era. We are not going to go back and live like cavemen and women. The future is data. This is the data rush and it's an opportunity. So get in early, as early as you can. It'll be a life-changing event for any and all of us. Um, computing is going to be second nature. It's going to be basically muscle memory. Um, you know, I, I remember the days when I would have to call a travel agent to book my travel. Now I can do that on my phone anytime, anywhere. Right. I remember when I would have to call the bank to do my balance, my checkbook, I can do that on my phone today. So we have already accepted the digital world and that's the future. This is actually just the beginning. I mean, there's so much more that's going to come with artificial intelligence, with internet of things, with connected devices, with industry 4.0, with autonomous vehicles, that the life is going to change 
and where we are at today and what we have seen over the last two years, the adoption rates are significantly high. People have started to use this, it's started to become muscle memory. So technology is going to evolve significantly quicker than it has over the last two decades. People are wanting more and more and more. Data is becoming second nature. So, you know, if, 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 if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what will. I think I think this sounded like a very good statement of intent. This is this is why you should you should consider a career in this field. And finally, Nabil, so you have been working in this direction yourself, right? Last time you mentioned that you you are starting your own project, a foundation. So could you tell us a little bit more about it? Absolutely. So I'll give you a quick summary. So I've been very fortunate, uh, and I I actually look back at time and and my upbringing, experiences, exposure I had, the reason who I am today, and the reason where I'm at. Uh, today in my career is because of this very strong foundation that was laid via family, via the, the culture, via travel, via education. And, you know, a part of it is also being at the right place at the right time. So that certainly did help. And uh, been a very, very fortunate career. Now, o- over the last six years, I've had a few peaks and valleys in my life. I've flatlined a couple of times. Um, I was legally dead for four minutes and 19 seconds, came out of that. About six months ago, I had a quadruple bypass. So things changed dramatically for me, whereby, you know, I feel that it's an opportunity for me, whereby I've given another lease on life that I should contribute and give back to the community, pass the baton into the next generation, and hopefully bridge the digital divide that we have, generationally speaking and technically speaking. Because if, if we're not going to do this now, we're going to create a black hole. And in doing so, that's the reason we started the podcast called The Nomad Futurist which is to demystify technology, simplify it for the users, simplify it for the average listener, and encourage the younger generation to come into our space. And it's not about bits and bytes of computing, those kilowatts and BTUs. It's about the experiences, the trials and tribulations of my peers in the industry, and how we learn, how we work, how we collaborate, and where the industry is heading. So having said that, six months ago when I had that experience of going through a quadruple bypass, I figured that I needed to do a little bit more than that. And in collaboration with my partner, Phil Koblenz, uh, you know, I basically encouraged him that we should actually start a foundation. And the premise of the foundation, besides creating awareness, is to help develop scholarship funds for kids in underdeveloped regions around the world, especially in emerging and fiduciary markets. And also, uh, eventually, within the next three to five years, help build uh, a trade school whereby we can, you know, help people grow. I mean, you know, people that don't have an opportunity, they don't have a career path, but they're smart uh, that want to get into our space. You know, we need to be a means to them. So that's that's the premise of the foundation. I also believe that, uh, like I said, uh, emerging markets is, is uh, where we want to focus. Areas that kids don't have an opportunity is, is where we want to focus because uh, you never know. You really don't know that the next biggest change maker could be out of a little town somewhere in the world. We just need to find that genius. The thing is that uh, the industry that we are in, it's, it is a global industry. Yes. Right. And in order for other societies to catch up, uh, we want to be able to provide them that talent pool and, and, and give them an opportunity to keep that talent pool locally. Right. Um, you know, like, let's say a kid out in Zanzibar, you know, he's got interest in computing. He's going to be seeking to come to America or going to UK or uh, another, you know, 
another country. But if we can give him that education, we can give him or her that exposure and experience and an opportunity that he can stay locally, build that community up, um, that's that's the goal. Uh, you know, encourage them to to contribute back to their local communities. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, our infrastructure is built out, but there are regions in the world where it's just like they will need data centers, they will need hundreds, thousands of data centers, mm-hmm. and um, yes, who's going to build them? Exactly. Yeah, you and I are not going to Zanzibar to build a data center, right? So we need people out there to build that. It's a connected world. We need to encourage and empower those people locally. That That is a very positive message. We will need tens of thousands more engineers. And um, yes, this is a good way to start engaging them. So if you like what you heard here, um, check out Nomad Futurist. It's a podcast. Um, are you guys weekly um, episodes or uh, sort of like a couple of times a month? Uh, so we release a, a, a podcast to release every two weeks. And uh, you can check us out at nomadfuturist.com. Uh, we are available on every platform, basically. And uh, uh, nomadfuturist.org is the foundation. All right. Thank you very much. And that is everything we have time for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you uh, for being here, Nabil. And uh, good luck in your work. Thank you very much for having me, Max. Mm-hmm.